Welcome to On Resistance Radio. This is Jay. We're back for part three of our Words Shape World series with guest uh, Marcus Y. Greetings. It's good to be back here in the studio with Jay and here to discuss the power of words and how words do shape the world around us and up under our feet. Uh, Today on the third installment, we're just going to kind of get more clarity on particulars and how things have, I mean, things have tremendously changed in the life that I'm living since the last two recordings. How um, maybe access and mobility has changed for me through the use of words. And maybe we can dive in deeper into that and bring a little bit more clarity to anyone who's listening. So in the past couple shows, we talked a lot about uh, language itself, the interpersonal relationships and the spaces we inhabit and how the language we use kind of writes power into those spaces or can take apart power through questioning. Mm-hmm. We talked about it in, in varied contexts, from the relationships we're in to those authority figures that cause us to have relations with them through detainment, through incarceration, the police or the courts. Knowing that we've talked about it in that context, I also wanted to talk about how this strategy regarding challenging ownership or authority applies to other spaces, like the use of space in general or housing access. Mm -hmm. Yeah, housing access has been really interesting for me. The past, since we started the recording, I've been able to, what people may say, live a million-dollar dream without a dollar in my pocket, so to say. We've been able to live and use Three very nice houses. One is in Malibu, another one is in Pasadena, and one in Claremont. All rent, the word I wouldn't use free, but without the use of rent. And some people may come to the mind of like squatting and what that means. Though, like the beginning of the show, and we will forever iterate is why make any claims? Why would you claim to be anything if all things have been bestowed in us, within us? So we've had interactions with the police and various few of them went various ways, but typically they all end up with uh, this is a civil matter and we'll talk to you guys later or continue to enjoy your day. I think that part of it has changed me the most because I've been wondering what does life look like without that struggle of food and shelter? What does art look like without the struggle? Like We've only had art cultivated in ways where it's come out of some type of pain or some type of, you know, some type of harm. And I'm really curious, what does our world look like? What does art creation, cultivation look like without oppression? And I've been able to find a space to where I've been able to be creative without the pressure of food and shelter and what that does to the psyche and how that has been so-called liberating. And I think everyone, if they're able to take heed to this message and it's, as we dive in, and I, yeah, I was, you know, I was straying away from offending anyone, though I'm coming to terms that it's really about the the golden rule: treat everyone how you like to be treated, and you know, love thy neighbor, whatever that is, whatever religious tone or whatever religion you might uh, associate with more than the other. It all goes back to the source, and if your heart and your intention and your desires are aligned, you can get anything you want through asking the correct questions or asking the right questions, everything is yours. So 
how what other way could we dive into the property like what else would you like to know about accessing property there's a couple angles to take one of them being from folks who understand that private property it's just gained through force in this current system private property property is theft people who experienced violent colonization that formed the United States didn't really practice this form of property ownership and that's kind of something that's only been gained through colonization and force. And then there's the second set of people who don't yet understand that private property is theft, Mm -hmm. right? So Mm -hmm. how would you kind of Um, approach the two and then also like there is kind of projecting out the world we want to see and then there's the the reality of the force that is used against you to maintain a rent mandatory lifestyle, to maintain a property ownership world. Right. No, it's true. So there's so many ways of doing it. There's a, You can just call a real estate agent and say, hey, I would like to make a good faith and offer on the house that you got and set up a meeting and see. let me see the contract. And within the contract, you can put, you know, for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So help me God right there in the contract. And if you looked on any dollar bill, it says, in God we trust. So they'll send that contract to the treasury and they'll pay that treasury. They'll pay the contract out like if it was a dollar bill. So there's many ways of doing it. Or you can just go to the property, find a house that no one's using and do whatever you feel is best as a notice. Whether you want to put something in the paper, whether you want to notify the police, whether you want to notify the people who may think they're owners. You just say, hey, I'm using this place, and if anyone has a problem with it, where were you when I started using it? But you're right. The first thing we have to do is get over the idea that there's private property, and how we how do we do that? So I had an experience with the cop at the Pasadena house where I said, I said, how does anyone own anything? Because he was asking me about an owner. And I said, well, how does anyone own anything? And he said, well, you know, there's a title, and there, you know, there's paperwork and stuff like that. And then I said, well, who owns the body? And then he said, God owns the body. This is the officer telling me that God owns the body. So if God owns the body, how could the body own a title? You see? So we need to get out of this this mentality that a man could own or, or have anything to do with ownership. Have any, like he has anything. No one has any control over the land. And once we evoke that, once we start speaking that, it will exist. You will be the one using whatever land that you would like to use. Though it comes, if you, if we validate that there is a such thing as private property and then we will be liable for that validation and we'll be subject to that validation. Though if we question whether someone can own something, now we're putting ourselves in a different position because we're putting our position of learning instead of just being told and being passed down like this is the way it has been and this is the way that it's going to be. We're just questioning where we are right now. And once we question where we are right now, we can open up a completely different door of opportunity. So it sounds like this is once you've made the choice to kind of go through spaces, not laying claim to them, but wanting to use them because, you know, our quality of life is restricted without use of space, without Mm -hmm. health access, without food access. And it's kind of risky. So, you know, I think it would be imperative that we share that part of that is understanding that the state won't really know immediately how to deal with your tactics and your language change and will you know part of this tactic is possibly being arrested and being taken to the the court 
Oh yeah, it yeah definitely. Before you even make any moves, you want to know where why why am I even making this move? What is my intention? What do I want to do with the things that I get? Because you have to fully take in that you will run across a whole sea of confusion. And when you interrupt, when you engage with authority, the job is to offset the confusion from you onto the subject. You never want to be the subject of confusion. So if you are using anything, you want to put the conversation on that thing. You don't want to have the subject be you. Because once you become the subject of the confusion, then, you know, you become somewhat liable for any of the damages, like i.e. taking you to jail, putting handcuffs on you, and, you know, going through that whole process. Though, there's a higher there's a higher form. There's a, definitely a higher source. So if you're willing to actually resonate with the information, going to court would not be an issue because you will still use the same, you're still standing on the same type of questions. Who have I injured? Is someone here claiming that I've took something from somebody? Where are they if I did? And, you know, and then if you are over that idea that you that a bank could own anything, like if you're over the ideal of ownership and property, this will be a piece of cake. Though if you're still hung up on ideas of property and ownership or you yourself is trying to own something, it may be definitely harder. And I wouldn't even suggest people do that because you're, you'll find yourself in much more harm's way and, and potentially in greater confinement going that route versus just being like, oh, this is meant for us. This is, you know, allegedly my father's house has many mansions. So what's the difference from using this mansion down the street or the other one though how we use our words will dictate that reaction and how we cultivate whether we are going to use it safely peacefully or we're going to use it in a combative way to where we have the police constantly knocking on our door or police trying to get us out it hasn't been like that now the police show up now like, hey how you doing what's going on oh you need anything okay bye you know is no issue no one's trying to evict us no one's causing part of everything and what comes from a little bit of abuse is responding to anything so whether it's a piece of paper that we get a bill or a ticket or anything it's about response and if we lack a response whatever they're saying stands as truth like in court they say whatever doesn't get rebutted stands as truth so there could be no issue in the court but the judge could say your dog just came in here and peed on me and there's no dog in there but if you don't say Where's the dog or what dog? It stands as true. They're going to write it on the record and they're going to put that a dog came in there and peed it, even though there's no dog. So we have to be willing to stand up and voice what is happening. And once we do that, we will open up so many other doors. Though getting over the ideal of property and ownership is a hurdle that we must, you know, do within ourselves. And some other ways that people have described this are repurposing space. Uh, the way space is used, the way it's accessed, the way that it's gained. And there are other ways, too, and I was going to ask, like, what is the difference between this tactic as you describe it and what is described as adverse possession? Mm-hmm. What is described as adverse possession would still go through, like, all right, let's just say there's two laws. There's man law and God law. So going through adverse possession is still man's law, and they, and they might still want, like, i.e. money you know they might still be like oh you have to pay taxes for five years doing adverse possession you know they might require you to still kind to play part of that game do adverse possession though what we're doing here who's the at who are you being adverse against see adverse possession acquired 
it implies that there's an adversary. There's someone challenging you. But with what we're doing here is saying... There was an original owner. Right. And you're acknowledging that there could be such a thing as an owner through the ideal of adverse possession. Though with this, what we're saying here is how could anyone own anything? What was the owner when we started using it? But to the same extent... You could use the tactic of adverse possession without yourself believing there is an owner. However, the state, the way the state writes its laws, it has created adverse possession as some an avenue that it recognizes as legitimate. Mm-hmm. So it's still about mm-hmm. adverse possession to me is like, oh, this is a path that is taken through a series of other paths where legitimacy is eventually granted. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. There is definitely is a sense of legitimacy. And for anyone who's even doing stuff like that, I applaud them 100%. Because anyone who's willing to engage now, I pray that they engage in the best way. But I'm, I feel for anyone who's willing to engage because so many people are non-willing to engage with the state that we are in the state that we're in right now. So anyone who's willing to engage, I applaud it 100%. But it's like you said, when authority figures walk up and they see what is being done or what is being practiced and the questions being asked, still they have a a learned set of languages that they have developed to name what's happening. And that would be squatting. Definitely breaking and entering. Breaking, trespassing. And Mm -hmm. so it's really a matter of breaking apart those categories that they just presume onto you. And to me, it's also the path of criminalization. Like you said, Mm -hmm. you don't want to be the subject of the matter just Mm -hmm. because you're exploring the space and using the tactic. Once you're the subject of the controversy, then you are on the path of being criminalized. And to a large extent, people don't really have the say-so in whether they are criminalized or not. But it sounds like there are, like, words and kind of, like, words that you can use to kind of hack and psyops the authority figures into understanding that you are not the con like oh you are here there is a controversy however there is no controversy right and, like, wave that's, the that away. that's how you, we have to look at it because it's, it's exactly like that so I would get arrested at a place you know they came in with all those words too a brother Batman says you know they hit you with an illusion like private property so you got to hit them with the bigger illusion kind of waving them away like you were saying like a magician's trick reminds me of Star Wars mm-hmm the Force mm-hmm. It is. The force of the words and the, the energy. So they came in with all those words. And it's on us to do better as refinement. How can we refine ourselves to where we can give our, you know, our peace officer, brothers and sisters who come in with uniforms what they want so they can leave us alone. So they come and they almost hint to us and tell us like, man, if only you had a piece of paper, uh-huh. we would, there would be no issue here. Because it would be easier for them to address you and to categorize you. If they're like, oh, hey, this is the hard way, this is the, I mean, all of it's the hard way because it's dealing with the state and the state's either going to legalize what you're doing or it's going to criminalize what you're doing. Through this process, it is trial and error um, in different spaces and it does come with some risk. Oh, yeah. It is a a experiment. Oh, it comes with, it comes with risk, but in really, as we, as we continue to risk or whatever is really, really, really minor and we're refining ourselves. Because, yeah, what would be the real best way? Like I mentioned, one of the better ways is what we're working on right now. There's a $17 million house in Santa Monica. This woman is trying to, she's like begging me to take this house. I'm trying to figure out how could I give her what she needs to get this house. And we come to the conclusion that if everything's already been paid for, whether in the Bible or 
through the Fed taking all the money in 1933. Everything's already been paid for, however you want to look at it. So all we have to do is get in front of a contract and implement what's already in existence as far as truth, you know. I would like to use this house in the betterment of enjoyment of my life in the pursuit of happiness in whatever, in safe harbor, you know, in safe passage. I would just like to use this place as a place of worship. Sanctuary. A sanctuary. If there's a such thing as freedom of religion, why won't you just make up your own religion? And who's going who's gonna to object to your religion if, it's, if you have freedom of it, you know? That's kind of my follow-up question, though, because more so now than before, you're using this language of God, and you just mentioned the Bible. And so I'm wondering if this is a tactic that's not about ownership. You know, how what does it mean to use those words in a, in a structure that has used those words to, to mean thing. owning bodies, owning people, owning structures, you know, hi- creating hierarchy, social hierarchies that did inform the rise of the state. Religion did and patriarchy did inform the rise of the state um, and colonization in certain forms. So I'm just wondering, what do you mean when you say God? God, yeah. In no, this great context. Question. No, great question. When I mean when I say God, I say source or cosmos, creator, the start, the force. Wherever the starting point is where we're going to end up. We're all trying to get back home in some figurative, metaphysical way. And I apply God to truth. You know, I don't apply it to a religion. You know, I don't apply it to something that someone else is even practicing as like a place or anything. I feel like even what bonded us, people who bond bond at a truth, we let let the truth bond people. Follow the truth, and if you follow the truth, you'll find your family. Though if you're following your family, you might not always follow the truth, you know, <laughs> if that makes any sense. You know? So I feel like people being congruent on how they feel, being congruent on what they feel a purpose is, with being congruent on any conclusion that they may have come to that is truth, anything that resonates within them, I feel like that's the path, and that is the way that their words will lead them to their own version of God. Though, once, I feel like you definitely, people definitely, it, it would be best to redefine your relationship with all your words. It's particularly the ones that used against us, like the ones that hold us in oppression, like patriarchy, like religion, like those things. I think we really have to redefine those, because even if we don't redefine them, they will still find a way to harm us through external outlets. You know, we'll still... We'll still be hearing them, you know. We'll still be affected by them because other people will be participating, and they have a high frequency. People use them a lot. So until we redefine our ourselves with the high frequency in the media and the words that we're using, you know, it, it's going to take that to change and have that shift up on our feet as far as the world. Though, so now, yeah, it's completely different looking at a Bible or looking at. I'm like, all right, if you're. If this is what you're claiming that you're back behind, let's see how serious you are. I'm going to throw it back in your face because I'm living here right here. Let that will be done. Is it heaven here or not? And if you're the one that's, why would you get in? Why would the judge get in the way? Why would anyone get in the way? Are you saying that it's not heaven? Why would you say that? Why do you have a Bible in the courtroom? Why, is there Why in do God? you have a Bible you know, in the courtroom? Why is there in God you trust on the money? What? Where is the trust at? Where, you know... And I, I, it's, it's been really interesting implementing that language, implementing, you know, that energy around it has been really transformative. It's been really wild to see it. And I, it's eerie in me, too. Jay, trust me. It's eerie in me, too. It's so wild. I was just wondering. It's so wild. No, 
it's it's wild. I find it funny. I crack up. I'm like, whoa, oh my gosh. Opposition or just knowing the history, knowing the pain, knowing the mistreatment that it causes, you know. And then going back to that jargon and seeing that that jargon, that language, those words, when redefining them, using them differently, it's like you're rock bottom and there's a door right under your foot. And it's like that door is your words and everyone else is like struggling. You're like, oh, shit, there's a door down here. Do you want to perform that for a little bit? I do, I do, I do. There's a door down here. (laughs) When When you hit rock bottom, you know, have no fear. There's a door down here. <laughs> yeah, there's a song coming out pretty soon. I'm working on it. Working on it. <laughs> it also seems to me that there's almost a benefit to even if you do redefine words, that acknowledging that others might still hold certain definitions of words, because in re- like the officer said, God owns the body. However, this officer works for a state an organization, you know, an authoritarian <laughs> hierarchy that goes out and collects people and, and, you know, executes people. And how how else are they doing this without saying that they have the authority, you mm. know, to own people's bodies? Mm, and mm, mm. it's just, like, interesting. I, there, I know. it's There's a duality, and there's a... The illusion of duality is in place, and... Is really a oneness, but there is an illusion of duality that is in place, and it is so wild and thick and backwards because what you exactly said is, is true. He can acknowledge that on one end, though participate in such a behavior on the other end, and then that can either that can be really complex and layered too. There's this one thing that's been bouncing around, and something in the Bible is like, man can't serve man and God at the same time. So it's like. Mm. Are they, what are they doing? Are they serving man to get paid and serving man to do this and serving man to take in other men? Are they serving God and doing other things? So it's like they're living the duality of the past. How could we go deeper, though? How could we reach more clarity? That's why I brought up first, like, the openness to the idea that property is an absolute. Because I think that that is going to affect the path of questioning. Even, okay, even to go deeper to the ideal of property, maybe where it started as far as where it started, as far as us being uh, cultivated with thinking there is a such thing as an idea of property and taking on that idea and giving it energy, is starting with the name, starting with titles, giving people titles and naming things. So when we were born, a body came out and we blossomed onto this planet. And soon after, a name or a sound, some type of symbol was given to the name or to the body, I'm sorry. And... Instead of looking at ourselves as the user or even an employee. Or a visitor of the earth. Or a visitor. Instead of looking at it as that, we look at it as, instead of being the captain of the ship, we we look at ourselves as a ship. And the name is a tool. The name is the ship. We are not the ship. But the name has now been attached to systems. Oh, yeah. No. Or beliefs, but the beliefs aren't just beliefs. They're beliefs that are structured, that are enforced. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We enforce them. Oh, hell yeah. Everything is backed. Everything. I'm led to believe everything is backed by belief. Part of me feels like this probably sounds like a really theoretical conversation to folks, but just knowing how it affects how one can interact, the words one can use, and 
the time you can take in conversation to try really hard to avoid replicating words and situations that do cause harm as harm has been caused against us. We don't completely have to get caught up on the words because it's like, what what do we want in that moment? Let let non nothing take anything away from our present moment because if that's if anything if we could own or there's such thing as possession, let's say the present is the only thing you know avoid being robbed of the present. What do we want out of that moment? Really, we just want to settle whatever's going on, you know. So let's we can it, the words are very important and we I mean we spend the most time with ourselves. So we can definitely do that inner work to think about the words. Though when we're in the moment of controversy, what is the goal? We want to just settle the controversy. So if anyone's coming from the heart and just being like, yo, who do I need to speak to to bring this matter down, to settle this? Because no one's bringing the remedy. Everyone's yelling. That person's yelling. This person's mad. That person's angry. That you know, This person's not doing anything. Who has the remedy? And once you ask, like, where is the remedy? people start changing. Once you try to ch- you you change the script from a hostile criminal energy to all right, let me see who can fix this. I mean, I don't, I don't even know why I'm yelling. I need to see. Let me let me get the tow truck here, you know? Like it it changes things. I've heard so many countless examples and I've been part of them myself. So I'm thinking about this court. I think the court thing is really uh, is important as well. And like I got court coming up. I'd love for people to come if they want to come. I feel like I'm going to go into court and maybe this maybe this is why it's on my mind because what I shared before on the radio was you will go in and this is still valid. You will go in and, and state, I'm here for that matter. How could I help? I've been, there's yet to be any proper notice in the matter. Do they want anyone questioning and tearing down their illusion that they got on? No. Why? Why would you do that? Well, that's essentially why when it happens real time in court, if anyone's ever seen someone do this tactic in court, it does tend to freeze the room. You know, every single lawyer kind of like turns on their heel and is like, is this happening? Because as we talked before, the person, the person brought before court, you know, is presumed to have no autonomy from the get-go of being called into court. Um, Just Mm -hmm. like no. No, that's very true. That's very true. And we've been going to court since the past few recordings and it's been very interesting court procedures and questions and even when it came to the name I had a friend up at court not too long ago and they asked if he was the person and he said well judge how could I prove that I'm that person and he said they said well what was your given name and he said well my son calls me dad and my father calls me son you know and the lawyer here calls me the Riddler and that's you know and then he said well why do they call you Riddler he said, "Well, if no one can answer my questions, does that make that does that mean this a riddle?" And they got that on the record, you know. And that and that slows things down. And depending on where you go with that, you can what I'm led to believe just in court settle it right there because it's really not about the name. So how could you even have less uh, waves like that? How could you even do even cause even less of a? You want to pass almost undetected while not necessarily being like I'm liable for this controversy you've called me before mm-hmm. which means that the consequences are there to be set, set by the state which is happening too much the courts are ruining lives you oh, know the oh. courts are automatically processing people into prisons man the, there's so much heinous stuff going on in courts you I w- 
we would be crying right now if we yeah. were to bring up all this stuff that goes on and how judges act and how I would, I don't even know all the ills that are going on behind the scenes of court. This thing about going into court and representing yourself. So a new way that I'm planning on going into court when that day comes is using the tools that they have. So they have a public defender that's going to come up to me and they're going to say, yada, 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 yada. I'm going to say, fine, whatever. This is my declaration. I'm going to already have something written up. I'm going to have a declaration or whatever. And I'm going to have a declaration written up and it's going to be essentially to whatever resonates with you. That is your truth. Like whatever your purpose, it doesn't even have to be Bible related. It doesn't have to be God related, but whatever is your truth, whatever you feel like you want to do to contribute, whatever is is of your level of communion, you put that down on your declaration and you state whatever you feel is best as far as that there is no matter or that you believe there is no claimant or you've yet to speak to the plaintiff, meaning the state or the one that's claiming that you've caused any controversy. And if they deviate from that declaration and what I've put forth, and then I will speak up. But I want to help them keep their illusion up. So I will just give her or him, whoever, them the declaration, the public defender, the public defender, the declaration. And if they're able to follow that, and then maybe that would be an easier way than going in there and saying, you know, I'm here for that matter. I haven't been properly noticed. And all those things are truth. All those things. How could anyone identify you as anything other than if you claim it, claim to be that thing? And once you claim to be that thing, they're going to look back on their records and they're going to say, oh, we registered this property. This is our property. This is something in our books. This guy's crazy. He's he's making a claim on something that's not his. And it's really not about that. It's really about who did I injure? Who's claiming that I made a claim? Because that's what it's, it's, it's coming down to. Who's saying that you hurt someone? And where is the hurt person at? And, and also, how dare the state believe that it can mediate any such conflict where's the jurisdiction between us in our conditions and exactly. whatever we're experiencing? Exactly. They have no jurisdiction at all. If you want to listen to our past shows, you can visit soundcloud.com slash on-resistance. There are two other shows, part one and two, Words Shape Worlds, Questions, Claims, but I did want to ask a follow-up question about how, again, like when the state comes into contact with these tactics, they like to categorize them and assign them certain names. And whether it's like the code that they've developed in the law or whether 602, it's... 602, trespassing. Right. Yeah. Or whether it's like kind of trends that have been named. Like, for example, when uh, Cop Watch was becoming... Um, I mean, Cop Watch has happened for decades. I mean, back to the Panthers deciding to, you know, observe and intervene against police detainment and abuse. But there's been some memos recently about, like, quote-unquote, sovereign citizens going up to police encounters and interfering with them or filming them. or mm-hmm. And there was, like, a flurry of, like, FBI memos and stuff. And sometimes, regardless of the intent or the practice of people on the ground, the state develops categories to name certain things, like anarchist mm-hmm. or sovereign. So, uh, And the sovereign citizen movement, you know, tends to be overwhelmingly white-dominated and doesn't, as white-dominated spaces are, isn't always against a system of racism. Being sovereign from the state doesn't necessarily mean they're, like, willing to end state practices on all people. So I'm just wondering, like, you know, the difference between the tactic you're talking about and what some might name saying that they're sovereign and using this tactic. Mm -hmm. No, that's that's very important to make a distinction. The thing is, whatever flag you want to raise, 
raise it. And I I encourage and I want to empower everyone to raise a flag because they're going to put a flag in your hand if you ain't raising one. <laughs> you know, so with the sovereign thing, those are people who are making claims. Like we spoke on every show, I would always reiterate that I'll make no claims. You know, that's part of like the fight club. Rule number one, thou make no claims. Rule number two, make no claims. Though if you know how, do it precisely. <laughs> Though, so what I'm saying with rule number two is, hey, I'm a child of God. I'm a child of Gaia. I'm a child of Maya. I'm a child of the greater uh, divine mother, the greater divine father. Make your claim. And who's going to object that? Because then they're going to they're going to check back. Oh, you're sovereign. Okay, let me see how sovereign you are. You know, or how you should be treated if you are sovereign. Right. And why would you claim Which is to be why sovereign? They categorized. Right. So if they, I, I'm led to believe we have the power to categorize ourselves, and it's best to categorize ourselves in the higher form, in a higher source, whatever your source is. Make a source. Make your own, because religion, brother, nearly fuller says religion is belief backed by action. So make your own up beliefs, check them, fill them out, be congruent with your beliefs, and then have actions or whatever. You can make rituals, ceremonies, actions, thoughts, prayers, medicine. You can make all that. You are your own doctor. So I would, you would make that declaration. You would wave whatever flag that speaks to you. And it's best to do one that's true because if it's not true and if it's something like sovereign, if it's something uh, of, any, of any label – that they've already have categorized or, you know, they define and we don't redefine it, it's going to go the way that they want it to go. They're going to run the narrative. Are there any other thoughts you wanted to add on this topic? Well, always, I would always invite people to just sit with themselves and get some good music, maybe listen, meditate. There's a website called I Am Some Dude. They have some great audio and video stuff on there. If you want, you can email us yeah. at radio at gmail.com. There's a Facebook account. You can always call KPFK and tell them you like listening to us. Please, um, please do. And then, yeah, just check out the SoundCloud. Thanks for listening. Thank you, thank you.